This is a WTF podcast experience. I sort of got this thing of like, do what's in your hand well, and what's in your heart will follow. And I actually think if you just stay committed to what you do, and then you just keep turning up, I think turning up's a really powerful thing, especially for the generation that we're in and the next generation. Hey, just turn up. Welcome to Taming the Ferrets, New Zealand's most awarding business podcast. A collection of ferrets is called a business, and here on New Zealand's most awarding business podcast, we tame the ferrets once and for all. We welcome entrepreneurs, leaders, inspirational figureheads to inform, educate, motivate and inspire. My name's Freddie Bennett, entrepreneur, author, world record holder and wannabe podcast host. And today, everybody, we have got a real treat for you. We have Rowan McCluskey, CEO and co-founder of Go Generosity here in the Taming the Ferrets studio. Rowan, welcome to Taming the Ferrets. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, great to be here. And so, so Rowan, to, to get us all kicked off, for anyone that doesn't know about yourself or, or Go Generosity, tell us a bit more about the business. Yeah, great. So, um, yeah, Go Generosity is actually, it was birthed out of COVID. So, um, like you hear about a lot of other stories of businesses that have been birthed from COVID, you know, I've actually, my background's hospitality. So, I've got um, or had three restaurants at the time during COVID and managed to still successfully trade despite the fact that we'll close down for a couple of months. Um, but the idea of Go Generosity came then. So it was actually in one of the most confronting times of my life where um, previously to Go Generosity, I would always, you know, businesses doing well, people would ask for help, we can give them help. Often I'd be involved in other charitable type things. And um, I was stuck in a situation where my mortgage was on hold, there was no money in the bank, and um, we didn't know whether the businesses would survive. And so, Go Generosity actually got birthed from that place. And we thought, well, how cool would it be if we could enable our customers when we can open our doors again in our restaurants? How cool would it be if we could enable our customers to be a part of the generosity that we create? So essentially, we just set up a little pay it forward initiative Mm -hmm. where customers could then pay it forward at the point of sale. And we would take 100% of their money, turned it into food. So it's really practical. You know, we're a restaurant, we're making food, practical for our customers to see. And then we just partnered with local charities those charities came, picked up the food and delivered it to people in need. So in a nutshell, that's sort of how it started. That's where the idea was birthed from. Since then, we've, yeah, we've now got over 14 staff, 14 full-time staff. We've got over 90 businesses on the platform. Um, and we've got a team of people that are dedicated to want to meet the needs. We actually have a vision of meeting the needs of 100 million people annually. So it's a global vision. And um, yeah, so hopefully that gives you an idea of where it's come from. That that's amazing. I think it. If you think back to, to pre-COVID times, you know, three or four years ago, did you ever see yourself in in this position running this kind of business? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Like I think for me, I've been in hospitality a long time. I've been in hospitality for eighteen years, and I got to a point in my career where I felt that hospitality wasn't going to continue to be my future. But I didn't know what that looked like. Um, but no, the short answer is. Would I see myself doing this? Would I thought it would come from the, one of the most difficult times of my life? Definitely not. Um, so as much as COVID was tough, you know, it's been, I'm very grateful for it because it obviously has birthed something that's been within me um, and it's been so exciting to do the journey. Definitely. And if, if we wind the clock back to, um, to, to, to young Rowan and what, what made you want to, to get into hospitality in, in the first place all those years ago? Well, to be really honest, it was lack of direction, 
lack of knowing what to do. Uh, friends at school were, you know, getting trades and doing various things. Um, for me, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was so confused. And a lot, a lot of that came from probably upbringing as well, really um, unstable upbringing, um, mixing with the wrong people. And just, yeah, I suppose when I look back then to where I am now, I would have never have thought I'd be here and married and running a business and three beautiful kids, right? Um, but we, um, yeah, so it was simply just I fell into working at Lone Star. So there was Lone Star back where I lived in Australia. And, um, you know, my dad is actually a chef and had been a, and is still a quite successful business person and has done really well in the industry. So I think there's probably part of me that thought I could go and be with him um, and do what he's done. And so I just sort of, yeah, just wanted to bring in some cash, started working in the kitchen of Lone Star. And then fast forward, I went and moved in with my dad and worked with him and um, had a pretty cool ride on in his business. So, um, yeah, so there was no real direction, which is mm. pretty crazy. And I think... A lot of people sometimes find themselves in those positions where, as you say, one of my, uh, you'll, as you'll learn, Rowan, we, we love our phrases here on Ontario Nifer. It's one of my favorite phrases is that you're, um, you know, you're the sum of the five people that you hang around with. And I think for, for many younger people, if they're potentially hanging around in, in, in the wrong crowd or don't have that direction, then it can be even harder yeah. to, 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 to put yourself on that path to, to where you want to go. And, and do you think, was it, was it seeing your dad? Did, did that help? Yeah, I think to be really honest, you know, for me, um, like, and even my background and having a bit of like a faith and a belief and, and stuff like that has actually even helped me on my journey, um, which is, which has been really interesting, but definitely, um, you know, to be really honest, I, I didn't have great role models. Um, you know, my parents actually split up when I was two and, you know, there wasn't healthy role models around me. And so I do agree though, that, um, if people can surround themselves with those people, I 100% agree that who you become or who you hang around is really who you become. And I think for me, when I was 18, I made the decision to move in with my dad and leave where I was currently living. So I was living in an area which was called Camden. It's an hour and a half outside of Sydney. That I didn't actually realize, but I was breaking away from some relationships that for me at the time probably weren't super healthy. And it was then propelling me into something else. Now, I didn't strategically do that. I just saw an opportunity. I went for it. When I look back at it now... I'm actually so grateful for that time because had I'd stayed where I was, I probably wouldn't have, you know, got the courage to, to go into business or to do what I did. Mm. So, um, yeah, completely agree with that. I think it's really interesting because we, you know, we have a lot of business owners here on, on, on the show and I speak to, to many in, in my day job and you don't speak to many people who start a business and, and just say, yeah, you know, everything was fine. We had a normal upbringing, lots of opportunities. Everyone helped me. There's a common pattern where people have faced some kind of adversity or some kind of situation that they had to leave. Um, and and I, I find it really interesting the way that we all have these. You know, I've had it myself when it breeds something in us. I don't know whether that is some kind of grit or determination or just thinking I need to make something work, but, but there's some, some commonality there. Absolutely. I think for me as well, um, you know, it was, I think confidence was an issue in terms of, I worked with my dad, ended up working with my dad for 10 years and our business grew from, you know, it was 40 staff to 500 staff in the matter of three years. And wow. it was quite incredible growth, especially in hospitality. But I still never saw myself as a business owner. Now, it, fair enough, at the time I wasn't. 
but I didn't actually build up the courage. It was it took me quite a while to actually get the courage to just step out and do it. And I think that like for anyone that's listening as well, I think that you don't need a recipe to start a business. You know, you're not some there's not some elite people that can go do it. I think a lot of it is belief in yourself. Like find a product, find something that you love and go and try and do it, you know? Mm. Um, but I think we can sometimes be squashed into this and morphed into this world of um, or oh, only they can do it or oh, they're the business owners or oh, they're in that special place but actually anyone can do it you know so um, that was that was really encouraging for me when we moved my wife and I we moved to New Zealand six years ago so we've only been here for six years and actually just stepping out and buying our own restaurants and the other thing is you know really honest like we didn't we didn't have any money at the time but we managed to get some incredible investors that came alongside us to that believed in us and turns out we did well and um, made a great return for them as well but it was actually just having that confidence to step out and go, no, I, I do know a bit about this. I'm happy to make some mistakes and not be afraid of those mistakes. And when someone else can back you and believe in you as well, that I think can just take mm. you to some pretty incredible places. So, yeah. I love that. And there's so many people that we talk to that say we, we don't have, they say we don't, it's not the right time. We don't have the, the right opportunities or the economy is not right or all these different things. Um, and there's... Some people see barriers. I think, as you say, it's not about being perfect. It's not about having the infallible strategy. It's just about taking those steps forward. Yeah, absolutely. I I think 100% that if you sit around and wait for the right time, you'll miss the opportunity. I think there's wisdom as well in terms of, you know, sometimes there might be situations around your circumstance where it is important to wait for whatever reason. But I think that, um, I think there's a difference between that and also, lacking in confidence to step out right so i think um there'll never be a perfect time i think you've got to get in there try it and um and just be prepared to make mistakes like don't be if you think it's going to be perfect right the way through or it's going to be smooth sailing then you're going to set yourself up for value but if you're prepared to expect that there will be mistakes along the way i think it actually takes away a lot of the pressure definitely and and word if you think of your your business journey were there any moments when yeah, I guess either either during COVID or even things in the run up to COVID, where you just thought, "This is too tough. It, it's time to quit. This this just isn't for me." Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, I think COVID was. Well, actually, I would say even before COVID, um, you know, even just running three restaurants at the time and having forty staff and hospitality is a tough game. You know, like, and I think anyone in the industry would understand that. You know, it's not easy in terms of what we do and just the you're constantly filling staff gaps, you're constantly put, putting out fires, problems, all those types of things, you know. And um, yeah, there was times that I even remember coming home to my wife and just saying, hey, I think I'm done. Like, I actually think I'm done. I think I was just going to have to sell the restaurants, just pack it in. I just, you know, you just have those deflated moments. Mm. You know, COVID was probably that then on steroids in terms yeah. of, um, I honestly, as much as, and I think my faith has actually helped me get through this in terms of I had, a, a real belief that we would get through this, but no one knew what the future would look like, right? No one. And so to actually still be in that moment, be in that season of, hey, this could be our entire livelihood gone. And I think they were pretty confronting times. Um, and even since then with Go Generosity, you know, we're doing some pretty exciting things. And, you know, ultimately we're all about helping and meeting the need. But I've had moments where I'm like, hey, maybe I'm not the right guy. <laughs> I know this came from me, and, 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 but maybe it's not me. And, and just, you know, I think any – and I, the reason I say that and share that is because I think it's normal to feel those things. 
you know, I don't think anyone will be in a position to say, yes, it was just smooth sailing right through. You're going to have times where you doubt yourself, you question yourself. Um, my wife is incredible at supporting me and getting behind me. Um, she looks after our amazing three children and just having her believe. I think if you're married, being together on something, I think is super important to know that you've got each other's back, that when one person gets down, the other person can pick you up and just actually pushing through this together. I also just think doing business with people is really important. You know, I've actually, um, I don't see the enjoyment of doing business on my own. Like I said, I'm a co-founder. I've got other people. There's Aidan Lett, who's a co-founder. There's Julian Spora, who's co-founder of Go Generosity. And we've got an incredible team who do this together. It's not me and my ability. It's the team that actually makes this happen. So, you know, it doesn't excite me to think of doing this on my own. Love doing it with people. Love doing the journey with them. Definitely. And when I think you're totally right in terms of being an entrepreneur and a business owner can be lonely sometimes, and especially when you have those those dark moments. So if you have people either in your home life or in your business partners that, that can help to just to give that different perspective and, and to pull you through, I think is it is so vital. Um, I, on, on the flip side of it, have you, you know, do you have disagreements with your business partners? Do you have moments when you're like, this relationship is over or, you know, or, or do you generally kind of just, just work very smoothly? Yeah, um, Aiden will love this. You know, I think, um, I think choosing to do business with people that see things differently to you is just so important. I think being aligned in values is also incredibly important. So if you can get that right, the other things will actually take care of themselves. But be prepared for the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. You and Aid and I came into business together. Uh, we'd actually known each other for five years before um, we started Go Generosity. And so there was some sort of relationship there, which, which definitely helped. But there was times where we butted heads on things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go in one direction. He wanted to go in another direction. When we came down to it, our values were aligned. We actually both wanted the same things. There was just some differences in expectations. And I think I would say that, you know, if you've got an investor in your business, that's one thing. But when you're coming to partner with someone and you're doing business together, it is a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like consider it like a marriage, you know. Um, I think some of the things that we've said to each other, which has been really important is like, hey, doesn't matter how hard this conversation will get, I'm not leaving. We're together, you know, like those sorts of things. And, I, and that's not trying to force that. We genuinely believe that we're, we're meant to do this business together. Um, and there might be a time and a place where some people go, hey, we need to part ways. And that's totally fine. Yeah. But the reason I say that is because you can have some heated conversations. Some things can get out of hand. But if you know that that person really cares and actually is on track, then it will always come back around. And so that's what we've found has been an awesome recipe for us. But yeah, it's been tough. You know, we, um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said it was smooth sailing in that area as well. Like we've had, there's been lots of conflict, but in all the right ways. And also just trying to value one another where choosing the right words, like not swearing at each other, like just certain things. Like if we actually care for each other, like this is an example that our team are going to pick up on. Do it in a quiet place. Don't do it in front of people. Like those sorts of things, I think actually create a culture around us, whether we realize it or not team are going to pick up on that. And so we often are quite hard on ourselves because how we are to one another is an example that we want to set to our team. And so, um, yeah, but it's, it's been a fun ride. I think you make a great point there at the end. And it's something that I, I know many people, and I personally need to be mindful of. And it's, 
sometimes we we wouldn't speak to other people the way that we speak to ourselves. I think you're right. We we can be yeah. super hard on ourselves. And and I wanted to ask you as well. You you mentioned values a couple of times. Then what are your values? Yeah, great. So we've um, this will be a good test actually. Can I remember them? Um, so we've got uh, what you call guiding principles in um, in our business. So if you, if the question's specifically around that, so uh, one of them, and we've got six. So forgive me if I forget all of them being on the spot, but I should remember them. Um, but yeah, so always generous. And so there's a lot in that, right? Like always generous. And so it's trying to choose values as well that align with us as a team, but also our clients as well. So always generous. So generous with our time, generous with each other, generous with how we talk, our words, all of those sorts of things. Um, let our yes be yes. So that's actually a pretty big one. Really important to me personally as well. If I say I'm going to do something, expect that I'll be there, expect it to be done. I think there's so much power in that as a value and as a guiding principle because often people are so swamped and they say, yeah, yeah, I can do it, and they don't do it. Well, you're not actually releasing me. You're not empowering me. If I've asked you to do something, you don't do it, I'm following you up. Now it's actually created a burden for me. And in the same way, if I do that for you and vice versa. So let our yes be yes. Um, Always honest. So it's actually creating a culture of, it's not just always honest as in I'll do the right thing, but it's always honest in if I've got feedback, I'll give you feedback and it'll be honest feedback. Sometimes you won't want to hear the feedback, but if I'm always generous and I'm always honest, then I'm going to come and do that quite well. Um, And the other one is um, thrive, not just survive. So for us, we actually want to build a generational company. So we don't want people just to survive. And that doesn't mean just our staff. That means um, our investors our, the people that we actually are helping meet the needs with, we want them to, we want them to thrive. And so that's a really, really important one as well. Um, and the last one, I just completely went blank. But anyway, you got five out of six. That's, that's, that's a pass in my book. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> I think it, it's so powerful to actually live your values because I think a lot of businesses, the values will be something that maybe gets stuck upon the wall no one actually ever bothers to read it, let alone live it. And then I think it's no coincidence that we speak to a lot of companies and they say things like dysfunctional teams, leaders don't care, people get forgotten, there's the bitchiness, the people that always say, oh, you know, it's it's that person over there, they're always the, the troublemaker. And I think if that's a commonality for me, the people and the leaders that, that really don't practice what they preach in terms of values and, and principles. Yeah, absolutely. When, when Aidan and I first started Go Generosity, I just said to him, one thing that was really important to me is that we don't write a single value until we've done a journey, a time together. And we actually, so that it comes out from who we are. Because there's no point in putting words up on a wall if you can't actually do them yourself, right? Leadership, we've got to set, we've got to lead by example. Now, we're never going to be perfect around it. I think there's a difference between being perfect versus, hey, I'm giving it a good go. Like if those things, and the great thing about writing values and actually coming together as a team is because you can actually now start having great conversations. There might have been something that you're going, oh, that person just doesn't sit well with me. There's something about this. And you put a guiding principle or value in front of them and it often can pinpoint and go, oh, actually, you tell me that you do, you're going to do a lot of things, but you don't do them. Well, let our yes be yes is actually, this is really important. You can always bring people back to that. And that's hence why guiding principles for us are super important because we're guiding people towards um, what we're wanting to become, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And what... What do you think your team would, would say about you as a leader? Hmm. I don't know. Um, well, I can, yeah, look, the team are actually incredibly generous with um, with their words. We've um, even just at the start of the year is my birthday and just they wrote in a book um, 
just some nice things, right? Um, so I suppose I can only say that because, you know, um, yeah, without going too much, in, it's, a, it's a hard question. How do you talk about yourself, right? I think that hopefully they would say the things that I talked about in terms of our guiding principles. Hopefully the team would say that that is true, that Rowan lives and stands by that. I think that, um, I think that always giving them time, hopefully they would, they would say that I do that. I'd like to see myself as a person where the door's always open, a conversation's always available. It doesn't matter how firm or how um, opinionated I might be on something, I always try and approach things with, but hey, if you've got a different idea or a different thought, come and let me know. Um, and so that's been really important. So yeah, hopefully they would say nice things. Awesome. And you, a couple of times you, you mentioned your faith and, and, and your belief and, and how that's, that's helped you on this journey. Can you explain a bit more about that and what, what that is for you? Yeah. So like I mentioned, when I grew up, I didn't have um, any direction and parents split up and stuff like that. I think it's a pretty common story right, these days, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So didn't come from any family um, beliefs like my mum lived with mum. She didn't go to church. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't until the age of around, I think I was around 12 or 13, and my auntie invited my mum to church. And so we just started going. And to be honest, I, I think the best thing my mum ever did was um, she just gave me choice. She's like, hey, I'm going on Sundays. If you want to come, you can come. It was never, you got to get out of bed. This is what we're doing. You have to do it. So I actually just found my own place in church. I actually just found that, um, you know, I just really enjoyed it. I think for me, you know, and it's, I suppose the language is quite different if people who don't have faith, but having a relationship with God or with Jesus as we, you know, um, has been super important to me because I think that people will often let you down. Churches will let you down. Churches don't get it right. And I think, unfortunately, people put their faith in church. Um, hey, we're all humans. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Yep. I think for me, just finding that, um, knowing that I can come and talk to someone and, and so what that looks like for me in terms of, like, I read my Bible, I spend time praying, I have relationship um, with God. And so that's just been like the anchor of my life, to be honest. When things have been tough, um, I've always gone back to that place. And I'd like to think that I, you know, practice that regularly. Yeah, so that's been, um, it's been pretty cool. And just having my wife on that same journey and some other people in my world, it's, um, yeah, it's just something that I love. And completely give God all glory for anything that I do and any of my success um, has been just, I felt like I'm so grateful for the relationship I have with him and, and how, where he's brought me. No, I, th- I think that that's, that's really interesting. I love the, the word that you use there as well as it being an anchor. And I think that that's so powerful because we've, we all have moments in our life and, and I've, I've certainly had my fair share where, where we're just like, <laughs> yeah come on like give me a break there, there has to be something going right and and i think having a, a, a belief and a faith in 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 something that they say just to yeah. helps us through those dark moments that we always face just to think there is uh, there is something for me i mean i've i won't bore everyone with the details but i've literally been been sat in my car some days just yeah. thinking look just <laughs> The, what I've had to tell myself is that I'm still breathing, mm. so there has to be a purpose for me. There has to be, you know, God's not done with me yet. Totally. That's yeah, the, the phrase that, that always comes to mind. And, but I think people just having that, that anchor that 
we are all here for a reason and and we all do have a have a purpose i think it can really help people through some some very dark and and challenging times yeah absolutely I, i think as well you know different people that i've come across that i've come across in my life have often looked at faith as a means of escape or 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 praying that you know i god take this away from me or this challenging time whereas i look at it differently i think that everyone's going to face challenging times. And so for me, the anchor part is help give me the strength to get through this time, not get away from this time, because this is actually going to build character. This is going to actually um, help me mature. So don't take it away from me, just help me get through it. And, um, and that's been, I think, a real difference in terms of yeah, trying to build that resilience to mm. push through. I think it's, yeah, I love that, that around resilience. I mean, I, yeah, for example, I've got a couple of boys, one's a bit older, one's a bit younger, and the the difference in mindset and resilience I could always see because the younger one, he's just like, ah, oh, this is great, everything's happy, I'm a lucky guy. My older one, he's there saying, why does this happen to me? Why am I so unlucky? And I have to do more to try and, and, and help him just, change his perspective of of that situation but um i think help helping people to understand that we you know we we sometimes can't choose what happens to us in our life but it does all happen for a reason and the i think yeah what was it the the example my son used he was like oh you know why why do bad things always happen and that thinking well actually and uh, I'm I'm getting this phrase very wrong, but it's something right now. I prayed for resilience and I was sent tough times. And, you know, we're we're given these situations actually as as, as a bit of a gift to help us to find the courage or the strength or the the mindset or the relationships to to get through them. But it's not always going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the most important thing for me to remember and having a faith in um, is that first and foremost, God loves me. And so God is not a God that wants to bring bad things upon us. There is reasons as to why these things take place. Um, and I think that's really important. And, and unfortunately, we actually don't have all the answers, but it's our response in how, we, in how we respond to things which will make the difference, right? Like, you know, I know for me and my story, it's, it's nothing compared to some people, um, but it was tough, you know. Um, my mum having to go through a divorce, um, my dad actually came out as a homosexual when we were, when we were young, well, that's, you know, when I was two and we broke up. And so even just for my mum at the time going that the person that she thought was the love of her life, there wasn't, there wasn't that anymore. And then unfortunately that led into other relationships, which were abuse and things that took place. And so having to see that and go through that, I could have easily made the decision to go, oh, I'm going to replicate that. I'm going to do that. Um, for me, I was like, I'm going to go so far from this that I don't even want to be associated to this in terms of, this will not be who I am. This will not determine who I become. And I think that's really important for people. Hey, like I know people go through tough times. I meet with some people who have had like really addictive pasts and go through some pretty phenomenal things, but you're actually only a choice away from making a huge difference. And it won't happen overnight. You've got to put in the hard yards, but anyone can make a difference. Um, and so I think that's really important. I, I I love that. And speaking as someone from a uh, an alcoholic father, and I think my mum was his fourth wife, third, fourth. He was on his fourth when he died suddenly. I know that. And and I, yeah, I was on that very much that journey as well of saying, and I had that crossroads of, am I going to follow in my dad's footsteps or am I going to say, this isn't the way it's going to go for me. I'm going to choose a different path. And And I think there is, again, that, 
that common adversity that I believe a lot of us that have, have faced, that have had these moments in our lives where we think, well, I can, you know, this can either make me or it can break me or I can, I can move forward that way. Um, and I wanted to, 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 to bring this back to, to, to go generosity as well. And, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like a lot of these experiences has so, you know, shaped the, the, the ethos and, and the, the actions of the business. Is, would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I could have never foreseen that I would do something like Go Generosity, but I always had a heart to want to help people. I, I had, a, like for, for my wife and I, goal has been to, you know, have successful careers so we can give away lots. You know, like it's always been around how do we help empower other people how can it not just be about us um, and not get caught up in this materialistic world, but actually how do we make an impact into other people's mm-hmm. lives? And so that actually has been challenging because being in business, you know, business can take up a lot of your time. And I'm like, hey, am I actually living out this thing that's important to me? And that's why I go back to when I said before that I never felt like hospitality was my my always my future. It was what I was doing. I, sent, mm-hmm. I sort of got this thing of like, do what's in your hand is do what's in your hand well and what's in your heart will follow. And I actually think if you just stay committed to what you do um, and then you just keep turning up, I think turning up is a really powerful thing, especially for the generation that we're in and the next generation. Hey, just turn up. There's so much power in just turning up. And I think for um, – and so for me then, Go Generosity, obviously, yeah, it, it, I, like I said, I couldn't foresee that it was going to be like this and what it is, but there was always those elements of I thought I was going to have an impact in some, some way, shape or form. I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. Um, and so when Go Generosity was birthed, I was like to take the worlds of both, you know, philanthropic and commerce and put them together, you know, because we're a for-profit organization. Our goal is to, to run a successful company um, and to actually bring those worlds together. But knowing that every single time we bring on a new business or we start up a new business or a new charity, that people, real people are getting their needs met. That's like, that's, crazy you know um and so i think that's what to have a team of people that like probably share the same passion as what i do they're not just there they're not they're not there just doing jobs like they're there because they're they're passionate about this they want to make a difference and i think that that's quite unique because um you know charity is an awesome like it i think that some people from what i know they've either volunteer in charity which is great but often not always practical although if completely encourage people to continue to volunteer where they can and then working in charity they may not find they get the same stimulation um and so and then you can go down the business world and then feel like hey i'm just doing all this work i'm earning this money but i'm not having any impact Mm -hmm. and so being able to bring those worlds together it's incredible what you can like what people can do and what they can achieve like i genuinely believe that and i've said this to our marketing team our creative team that i genuinely believe that we're going to be we're going to set the trend and a tone for creativity in terms of where we can go. Like there's no ceiling in terms of where we can go. When you actually take people's potential and you put it with their passion and you give them vision, it's unstoppable what they can actually do. So it's pretty exciting just being able to watch the team achieve some pretty cool things. 
I wanted to take a quick pause in today's episode to tell you some very exciting news. We are honoured to have the owner of the Bay of Plenty Business News here in the studio, Mr. Alan Neburn. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks, Freddie. Thanks for that welcome. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up in this month's issue. That's the September issue of Bay of Plenty Business News. I knew you were going to ask me about that, so I thought I might as well charge straight into it. Hey, I don't know if uh, if you live anywhere near uh, near Bethlehem. Or Tapuna, Freddie? Yes, Alan, I do. <laughs> well done. I'll give it some context because you're probably starting to wonder why I'm asking that. No, we're not asking people to stalk you, to find you, and track you down. Not at all. Hey, the reason I mentioned that is because we're featuring this month uh, a background story on the new Tolrico Eastern Link Road. Uh, for those of you that don't live in that area, you won't know anything about it. You may not be even aware that it's happening. But for those of you who live near the Wairua River, uh, you may have well seen a lot of activity there. There's big stuff happening behind the scenes. So September issue, Bay of Plenty Business News, you can find out a bit more about what's happening in this massive scheme. Alan, I need to get that information in my life. If I was going to go online to read the Bay of Plenty Business News, what website would I go to? That's easy. www.bopbusinessnews.co.nz I'm there now. Thank you, Alan. And now back to the episode. You used to have a very different, very corporate career that was very high performing, very well rewarded, but didn't help me at all in terms of my passion. I think a lot of people have that. It's almost that that, that conflict within themselves where you know, they think I want to do this, but I can't make any money from that. Or I want to do that, but I've got bills to pay. And, and that's something that I hear a lot. And one of my my personal values and missions is that I hate I hate people living with regret or, or getting to the end of their life and saying, "Oh, I wish I'd followed that passion. I wish I'd done more." But but uh, you know, but I didn't because I told myself I you know I had my, my I couldn't make the sacrifice yes. or I had the bills to pay. I think if you can combine those two things, it is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So um, yeah, we feel privileged to turn up to work every day and just do what we're passionate about. In saying all of that, it doesn't take away that. We're a startup company. It's high stress. It's high pressure. I've had this has probably been some of my toughest times in business, um, but super rewarding when you know what we're doing it for. Definitely. And you, you mentioned the the stress and the pressure. And how how do you manage with that? How do you de de stress and deal yeah. with the pressure? Well, last year I um, last year I actually got to my limits, which um, I didn't realize I had a limit, and until last year in June, and I had a complete mental breakdown. So last year I was, um, yeah, suffering with some pretty severe, or end this year um, with depression and anxiety. Um, yeah, and that, that's been a pretty like I even even just get emotional thinking about it because um, when you're doing something that you feel like you're meant to be doing. And it's that very thing that can actually cause you to have one of your biggest breaking moments. Um, that's been quite confronting for me. Mm. And that's what's probably even created a lot of questioning of, am I doing the right thing? All these types of things, right? Mm. Um, so I didn't realize, and I think it's really, one thing I'm incredibly grateful for is understanding where my limits are now. So trying to run three restaurants, which I've sold to since then, but trying to run three restaurants and then start Go Generosity. And just volunteering at church, I was helping, you know, do some speaking on Sundays and doing all various things and not actually feeling like I was, I just thought I was, I was okay, you know, and often I'd check in with my wife and being present as a dad and being present for her and still being able to do all these things. Um, and I was just working constantly. Like I'd get up, I wasn't prioritizing my, what I was eating, wasn't prioritizing my um, exercise 
And so if I had to get stuff done, I'll just go into the office early, come home, see the kids for dinner, go back to work and just kept doing it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. But I was loving what I was doing. And, but I didn't realize that a lot of what I was doing, I was running on adrenaline. I was just running on adrenaline because of the highs of some of the incredible doors that were opening at Go Generosity and some of the great things. And I actually just, um, I started just, my anxiety started being uncontrollable. And now I'd always, if even in like a public speaking environment or having to present, there'd always be nerves and some level of anxiety. That's completely normal. It got to the point where I, I actually just couldn't control it. And, um, and I didn't know why it wasn't a specific event that was triggering it. It was just there. And, um, and so I managed to sort of get through last year and it was quite tough and seeing psychologists and, and stuff like that. And in December, I just had a complete break moment, breaking moment where, um, I just couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't see anyone. I couldn't even see family. I was just completely done. And I thought, I actually thought to myself, okay, Rowan, you've taken yourself out. That's it. You're done. And um, little did I know is that you can recover from these things and you can push through. But it was actually listening to my body, listening to what was going on and going, okay, I've obviously done some damage here. What do I need to do to unwind this? This is going to take time. You know, I had the opportunity to go on medication and things like that, which I chose not to, not saying that's right for everyone. But I thought, okay, if I've done this damage to myself, I can undo this damage, right? I didn't think that I'd done anything drastically wrong um, that was going to be long-term. And so just started um, reducing work hours, you know, or um, just not feeling, not going back to back. And I think that's one of the things is like for people to hear and understand that you can't sustain going back to back meetings and just that, because there is an element of adrenaline that takes place. The cortisol that's been released in your body to perform. If you just keep going back to back on things, eventually your body will stop. And so, you know, I'm firsthand experienced to that. It's funny how many people though in my world that actually have gone through similar things. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the generation we live in with all the social media and all the other distractions as well. Um, so yeah, so going through it. So for me now, um, surfing, I've always surfed, but I didn't surf because I was working so much. But going back to surfing, exercising, eating well, um, and just spacing my appointments, I feel like I'm still really productive. I get just as much done, if not more. Um, and actually making some practical decisions to sell some of the, like sell to all the restaurants, just things like that. Mm. But for me, I'm now so aware of it and so mindful of it. Um, so yeah, so that's partly what I do to help going forward. I think it's, it's so powerful. I mean, look, to, uh, thank you for, for sharing that and being so honest. I appreciate it. And, it, and it's a place I've been from, uh, it's, it's a place that I've been as well. You know, I've, I've, yeah, being in the, in the grips of anxiety and depression and from, you know, with pressures and jobs and the way I tried to deal with it was through, you know, drinking and drugs, which isn't the, uh, isn't the best way of doing it, I found out, because it, uh, it's definitely not a, well, I'd say it was not even a quick fix, but it, and I've been there in that, as I say, I, I, I joke about in terms of being sat in your car thinking life is pointless, but I've, I've, I've certainly understand where you're coming from. And I think it's, I know it's difficult to describe. I think there's a stereotype of the business owner who's very alpha, very kind of like, go, 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 must win. But but you've highlighted something, Rowan, that I didn't really realize before and that I resonates with me. And it's about that, that generosity side of it, because I know many of us, we because we naturally want to give, 
if someone says, can you help with this? We'll do that. And can, can we have, can I have a meeting? Can I have a catch up? Can you do this? Can you do, and we're just like, yes, 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 yes. Because we, we come from that place of, of, of generosity and wanting to give and wanting to serve. But, and, and I, I know that's when my life felt the most out of control. When I was working 20 hours a day, I was starting with, a, especially even being here with, you know, with a lot of my, my interests in the UK, which meant I was starting with Zoom calls at four in the morning. Sometimes I'd have my last Zoom call at one in the morning um, just because it felt like our calendar wasn't our own. And that's when, when personally I felt that, that life was just out of control and, and that we can't, it's a, I know this isn't for everyone, but I thought I couldn't get things back on track. And that's when I started to, to break when, and the wheels fell off and, and everything else. Not because I was trying to be this alpha male go hard or go home guy. It was because I was just trying to be everything to everyone and just doing damage to myself. Totally. And I think that's similar to myself. I think um, a really cool thing I've learned along the journey is to let your no empower your yes. Or in other words, let your no bless your yes actually get good at saying no. I think there's a difference between saying being a no person versus being a person that just knows how to say no. And what I mean by that is, um, and that comes back to even some of our guiding principles, like let our yes be yes. Well, in order to let our yes be yes, we actually have to say no to a lot of things. Definitely. And I think with that, it was the same thing for me. It was just, um, it was just saying yes. And also because I was passionate and I actually loved what I was doing. It wasn't bad things. And I, and I, and I wasn't even doing it in the way of being a people pleaser. It was just... I just loved it. And I just didn't realize the pace that I was running. I think as well, what I've learned and what this has unlocked for me is to be just super kind to people. Even when I go and meet with people now, if I'm in a meeting, just be mindful of that other person. Like, what are they going through? You know, because it can come with a, oh, I'm meeting the CEO or whatever it may be. Might be. It's like, oh, how can I make them feel comfortable? What if they're going through what I went through? What if they're really struggling with anxiety right now? What if they're so nervous that they don't want to turn up? How can I make them feel encouraged? How can I actually get alongside them? Because I think um, the stereotype of like having to be tough or I'm a CEO, so I have to do this a certain way, I don't think that actually matters. I think hierarchy, you know, if you're trying to run a game and trying to have like a hierarchical measure in terms of what you do, I, I actually think you'll fail now. I think actually hierarchy is now being shattered. There's still got to be clear lines of communication, but actually coming to people on their level in all levels is super important. Like I actually met with a guy yesterday who was, um, uh, so John McDonald and he was the CEO of trade me and, um, and he was there for 12 years and he's got a phenomenal resume mm. and he took the time yesterday, give me 45 minutes to catch up talking about a few things, a couple of opportunities. He was so generous in his time and how he spoke and how he wanted just to learn about what we're doing. I'm like, Hey, we're, we're only a two-year-old company. Like, who am I compared to say what you've done? If you're looking on paper, you could easily have that stereotype of like, he's more important. He made me feel more important. And I was, and I took that and I'm like, that'll be so cool to be like that. That's how I want to be is that you give everyone the same time. It's not about their title. It's not about who they are or what they've done. It's actually just because you want to just help that person. Um, and you never know who's going to be the next CEO or the next world leader. Like if we all have that approach, um, I think that'd be pretty cool. I love that. Absolutely. And, and we're, we're sort of coming to the end of the episode now, but based on everything that we've, we've, we've talked about, and then right at the beginning, you talked about the, the goal of, of, of helping a hundred million people. What's the plan? How, yeah, how right. are you going to do that? I probably, I've realized I probably haven't talked about Go Generosity enough, but essentially we, we help charities 
meet the need in their local community. So essentially what we do, that's what, how we do that is we partner with businesses. So what we do and the most practical example is you've got your local supermarket. You know, we'd come along and partner with that local supermarket as in they could sign up to Go Generosity, and we give them the ability for consumers to be generous at the point of sale. So that simply happens through a practical FPOS prompt or some sort of self-service prompting. The money that is then donated actually stays within the business. So this is really different for Go Generosity compared to, say, other roundup things that you may have seen. And the reason the money goes to the business is because then 100% of that money is then used for that business to create the product to then gift to the charity. So think of it like this, that a charity now gets access to vouchers or whatever it may be, and they can go in and spend them within that supermarket. A better, more recent example or um, practical one is Zen Energy Bay of Plenty here is signed up to Go Generosity. So you can go in there, you can fill up your fuel, your, your car, sorry, and then you can... Um, you can pay it forward. And and small amounts more often is our message. So like, cool, if you want to give 50 bucks, that's great. But just give 50 cents and do it regularly. Just make it part of what you do. And then what Z Energy does is they turn that money into fuel vouchers. And then through the charities that they're partnered with that are on our platform as well, those fuel vouchers get given to those charities or to the volunteers or to, you know, um, just recently Breast Cancer Research actually gave fuel vouchers to women who are going through chemo treatment. So Practical things that you didn't even think about. Like I didn't even think, oh, if that woman lives quite far away from the hospital, she now has loss of income. She now has all these other expenses and she has to drive to get her chemo treatment, price of fuel, really hard. And so actually just giving them a practical gift to be able to do that. The reason we do that is because it's completely measurable. It actually helps the business because the business can then add their generosity on top of that and then we're getting more products out of a business. And then what we can see is the consumer can trace the generosity. So because the money has been turned into products and we've got integrations and all this fun technical stuff with the businesses, we can then show we've got generosity hubs. So on gogenerosity.com, you can see these generosity hubs. And we check the, we track the generosity for each business. And then we tell stories of generosity. So like that woman who got that fuel voucher, we then get a story from her um, and it often might happen through the charity. So then we can actually share the stories. And what we found is that people love hearing and seeing stories of generosity. If they know where their money's gone, hey, I'll be generous again. And that's been one of the biggest things when we first started Go Generosity was I actually give, but I don't know where it goes. I don't see where it goes. I don't know the impact. But if I can do that, I'd likely want to give more. And so that's probably more of in a nutshell what we do. So how we get to that vision is by enabling thousands of businesses to join the platform uh, to enable this. And um, yeah, and obviously for those consumers to be generous, along with the business to be generous as well. Definitely. And how, how do businesses sign up for it? Is that a fairly easy thing? Yeah, great. So any business can go to gogenerosity.com. Um, they can obviously book a demo, reach out, sign up via there. Um, so any business, and what's really cool about Go Generosity, any business that has a product or a service that can meet the need. So you could be fuel, you could be groceries, you could be food, you could be clothing, um, you could be a masseuse. You could be like, there's so many things because there's women that go through um, recoveries from again the breast cancer um, who we work with and these women going through recoveries from having chemo mm. and we've actually got them signed up to these courses at Pilates Fix where they actually get um, six weeks courses that have been paid forward by those consumers those mm-hmm. customers at Pilates Fix so it could be anything that can meet a practical need we can sign up that business we can partner with a charity and we can actually meet needs in our local community and that's all part of our our values as well it's not about just surviving it's about thriving 
So surviving would just be, oh, here's just some food to survive. Mm. But thriving is like, hey, here's a course, a six weeks course in Pilates Fix. We're actually going to help you go to another level. So that's what I love do. that. I think it's such a more a more holistic view of of people's lives, people's and the, the lives that people want to live as well. And I know for for businesses, and I, I read something recently that the successful businesses of the future will be the ones that actually do give more 100%. and take an interest in their communities. Yeah, we've got we've got some pretty cool stats around consumers um, that are more likely to go back to you as a business if you're doing something in the community. And unfortunately just um, washing over things in terms of, oh, we do this and we give this money here, doesn't fit the bill anymore. Especially with the next generation, they Mm -hmm. want to know how much, where did it go and show me the impact. Cool thing about Go Generosity is we can do that for the business. We help them. We're partnering with them to just help them meet the needs in the local community. We're not the heroes, the charities, the consumers and the businesses are the heroes. We just help power this and enable it to take place. I love that, and uh, I would I would disagree with you there, Rowan. You say you're you're not the heroes, but I think you are absolutely a hero to to myself and to to so many businesses and individuals and, and charities here in the Bay and and beyond. Um, we are coming to, to the end of the show now, but we do have the the one secret question, which is where people always tend to, to get a bit nervous. Um, so we have a tradition here on the show that the previous guest gets to write a question for the next guest. Right. Uh, so on the bright side, you can do this for the next person. But I am, so I have the, the no expense spared uh, Taming the Ferrets question book. I haven't seen this uh, this question myself, but so oh, that's an interesting one. So, um the question for you is, how has experience shaped how you deal with challenges today versus 10 years ago? Yeah, so I, I think um, experience has played a huge part, right? It's with experience, you've there's been mistakes, there's been failings. So that's all part of experience. So I think for me now, how I make decisions, I probably think about things a lot more. Um, I would like to think that I use, I, I think as well, it's a funny one. It's a good question, but it's interesting that I don't think you can necessarily go, oh, I'm now experienced. This is what I do. Like I think experience just comes with you on your journey and you get to a point and you realize that, oh, I'm actually starting to make some better decisions, some more mature decisions, things like that. So yeah, but when I look at that compared to how I was 10 years ago, it's actually my, just my 10th year wedding anniversary. So I go, man, when I was first married, I was probably a lot uh, worse at listening. I probably wasn't, I'd probably be quick to respond. Um, and so I think experience has taught me patience. It's taught me those types of things where I can, um, yeah, hopefully use it to navigate life better. I love it. Well, it's all it's all a journey, isn't it? I'm sure we'll right. uh, we'll be learning and experiencing new things, hopefully, uh, until uh, until our very last days. Yeah. But um, I say, uh, Rowan, it's been amazing to have you on the show. Um, uh, one more time, if people want to, to get in touch, they want to find out about more about what you do. If businesses want to get involved, where do they find you? Yeah, so they can go to gogenerosity.com. Um, there's a lot of information that explains what we do, but reach out to us, you know. Um, what I would say is at least just send us an email or just book in a call just to learn more about what we do. It's not just your typical software as a service product where you can just click and sign up. We actually want to walk you through how it works and, and how it would best work for your business. So um, yeah, just reach out and we'd love, we'd love to be able to help. 
Perfect. Now, we'll do everything we can to um, to, to spread the word on this side as well. Uh, Rowan, it's been a pleasure having you here in Taming the Ferrets, and uh, we would love to get you back for, for a part two in uh, the near future. But for now, thank you very much, and we uh, wish you all the best in your journey. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Like what you hear? Don't forget to follow us on social media at Taming the Ferrets and to give us five stars on your podcast provider. We're New Zealand's best kept secret, but don't be afraid of sharing us with the world. This has been a WTF experience. Discover more of your favourite shows and learn how to launch your very own podcast at wtfproductions.nz. 